to me. Live from the Twin Cities, we are the Daves you know. This is the Daves I know. You want me to be that type of dude, and I want to be who you like me to, but we both know I can't do nothing at all. Okay, welcome back to the Dave's I Know, episode 291. This is the League's Cup slash Women's World Cup edition of the Dave's I Know. Um, we have the regular crew here. MJ, how are you doing, bud? I'm doing great. I've, I've not been 100% uh, health-wise, but uh, glad to be here this evening. Excellent, excellent. And Jess, how are you doing? I am fantastic <laughs> we missed you last week uh but we did have a a very short podcast so i don't i don't want to i don't want to <laughs> cast any aspersions but <laughs> um that's that's cool. saying a lot when it's you and me zeller that is true that is true maybe, um, maybe we're getting more efficient at this thing are you just be. no no we just got lucky yeah um have a little bit of Minnesota United stuff to talk about. Uh, Minnesota United FC two, Chicago Fire three. This game took place this past Thursday. Um, this was the League's Cup match, uh, the second League's Cup match um, for Minnesota, uh, hosting the Fire here in Minnesota. And of course, uh, it did not go Minnesota United's way. Um, uh, the first half, there was really nothing. I didn't want to talk about in the first half unless MJ. Or just either of you have any thoughts about the first half other than it was boring as shit? Well, it was not, was on, it was not boring. Uh, it wasn't boring, but I was on a crafty ladies retreat because I am cool like that. And I remember my mom saying at this particular moment, like I started watching the match by myself and she's like, like taps me and she's like have they scored yet and she turns to her lady friends and she's like it's been like 45 minutes and they haven't even scored yet no one scored yet i hate this game <laughs> that's all okay uh mj you said it wasn't boring i i disagree but go ahead explain why it wasn't too, boring. i feel too often soccer fans do not look at soccer from a baseball perspective and what that what i mean by that is if you have runners on second and third and there are no outs that's exciting you 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 may get three outs and not score anyone that's still exciting there were chances created there were there were attacks on both sides there was some pretty good defense to say that just because there were no goals scored it was boring is horseshit now do we have I, a lot I'm, to talk I'm about? Not, I'm not saying it was horseshit because there was zero goal score. I'm saying it was horseshit because it was horseshit. Well, yeah, you, you could make the argument that there was more poor play than good play, but there were still exciting moments. All right, well, let's jump into what the actual fun parts of the game um, from a, a neutral's perspective, if you will, because these are not very fun from a general Minnesota perspective. Uh, in the 62nd, 62nd minute, uh, Minnesota gets their first goal of the game. Uh, it's another bongy banger. This one from Dotson. Um, I, I just want to point out here, Pookie, Timu Pookie had a really great run with the ball after a turnover. Uh, he has like a, um, almost like a, a side of the foot shovel pass to Dotson, who basically just continues the movement of the ball to Bongi, who's alone at the top of the box. And he beats the goal. He has the presence of mind to take, take a breath. Um, he doesn't just take a, a, a swing at the ball. And sets up his shot, and he goes uh, top, uh, well, his top left corner, beating the goalie to his right. It was absolutely great shot, great awareness from from Bongi um, to take the time to make sure the ball is settled and hit the ball really hard and into a perfect spot where the goalkeeper can't get to it. You know, uh, we talked about a lot last year about his first and touch, second touch being horrible. His first and second touch still aren't that great, but they're a lot better this year. And maybe more important, his field awareness has gotten so much better. And yes, playing with Pookie will help. Playing with a Reynoso will help. But just 
knowing when you have time to pick your head up and take a look at those things, just like Zeller said, huge improvement from Angdi. I mean, the crazy thing is, 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 is it's been much better in the in the cup competitions. Because like, what he believe he has six goals in five cup games between the Open Cup and the League's Cup, um, yep. and only six goals in MLS play. So like he clearly is like still has a as an issue with MLS, but he you know he scores these goals in cup games. So uh, it is what it is. Um, seven minutes later, Minnesota gives the gives the lead right back up to Chicago. Uh, this was a penalty from Shakiri. Um, it was a penalty on Shakiri by uh, the Human Power Cube in the. Uh, it's a very soft foul, I think, in the you know in the box from Wiltshire. Very out. soft. And the uh, referee gives the penalty. Um, she, Dane St. Clair tries to, I don't know, trash talk Shakiri, And Shakiri yeah. absolutely uh, wails his penalty, buries it, uh, makes it 1-1. Uh, four minutes later, though, Minnesota gets the lead back again from Bongi. This time uh, from uh, Fragapane, header. Uh, he heads the ball to Bongi, um, who he, this time he doesn't take any hesitation roofs it he's almost in the exact same spot at the top of the box um but just roofs it center um i thought the ball was gonna go through the net that's how hard he hit that ball so uh fragapane getting back into the lineup uh for the first time uh and getting a, uh, an assist for bongi's second goal of the game and at the time his uh tied for the golden boot uh for the league's cup lead so um great great finish from bongi great presence from uh fragapane to head the ball to bongi and, and just excellent touch from bongi uh, Fragapane coming off an injury, uh, looks good coming off the bench. Uh, and I agree, uh, a great wherewithal. Six minutes later, so this is all in the span of 17 minutes. Uh, Minnesota gives the lead right back or gives the gives up the lead. Uh, this time a Chicago, a Chicago goal. Uh, Suquette gets the ball from Navarro, uh, beats Dane St. Clair, I believe, to Dane's left. Uh, I think Dane was slightly out of position on this one. Probably should have gotten a save on this one. Um, I think this is a, a, a soft goal, but still makes it 2-2. Minnesota, you know, if they can hold up, it, it's a they get at least a point, go to penalties in front of the Wonderwall, hopefully, and you, you got a chance. But four minutes later, it's our old friend Kai Kamara um, with a, a ball from Pineda. Uh, he takes it. He, he brings his foot up very high, in fact, so high that he cleats DJ Taylor's face. Uh, DJ Taylor ends up having to go to the hospital to get stitches on his face and his what? lip. Really? And, um, it, it's it, his non-kicking game. foot. His non-kicking foot. Yes. So yeah, he's, he's 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 like doing the kung fu move where you kick one per the ball with one foot and then you're extending your other foot back as if to take on two attackers at once. Yeah. Um. um not cool. Not cool, Kai Kamara. Oh, uh, that's his. Third goal against Minnesota this year. Um, that is what three times as many goals as he scored for Minnesota in the in the time he played for us. It's his it's second game winner against Minnesota this year. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, and um, immediately as soon as basically as soon as that goal is scored, while DJ Taylor is still on the ground trying to get uh, medical attention, there's a lightning delay kicks in. So this is in the 84th minute. We get our lightning delay now to the Kamara goal. Um, every I mean, I've wondered why that they weren't reviewing that play and and calling a foul on Kamara, um, right? And honestly, giving him a, a fucking red card. Uh, and they had plenty of time to look at it because they had a thirty minute lightning delay. Um, so the, and they didn't obviously as as the, the game ends three to two for Chicago up here in Minnesota. Now, apparently after the game, I didn't see the the the, the uh, quotes or or listen to the press conference or anything, but it sounds like uh, Will Trap. Um, was in the press conference after it said he didn't think it was a, a card um, or a, a foul. He thought it was a, a, a you know, a, a he wasn't trying to cleat TJ Taylor, but whether or not he believes that it, it's still pretty reckless to be kicking out like that when you are also kicking the ball very, very high as well. So yeah, I don't know. We didn't get any, um, any uh, follow-up from uh, the, the referees or anything like that. Uh, and then, yeah, no, no explanation, explanation why they didn't go to VAR um, after the game was restarted. So uh, apparently Minnesota had a chance, um, or uh, yeah, they did have a chance. Uh, Kirby Nariaga had a shot that was parried away by the Chicago goalkeeper, um, but that was pretty much about it. And again, Chicago wins the game three to two. Uh, any other thoughts from either of you on the, the second half, the rest of the game, any other thing, anything I missed? 
Um, on that uh, Soke goal from Navarro, uh, you know, Dane reaches out and he makes the first save. And it just goes right to the guy on the back door. The, the problem is Valentin and Ariaga are way too middle and Trap isn't really there. Tapias almost gets a foot on it, but like he misses it. Dane finally gets a hand on it to shove it wide. And, you know, so Kay's there wide, wide open. No one's on him. And everyone's tucked in middle. And it's not just a Zarek Valentin problem because one of the reasons why he's tucked middle is our center midfield isn't far back enough. He's having to step up and take people in the box because our center midfield isn't far back enough. And this is just, I thought I was going to be done with talking about weak-sided goals and people open on the back door and ball watching from the defense. Oh, wait, no, I didn't think I was done. I was just waiting for the next time to complain about it. Yeah. So as I mentioned, um, Bongi at the time of the game was tied for the league's cup golden boot lead with four goals. Um, I think he's since been surpassed. I think he's, I think he's in second place. I think the leader has five goals now. Um, despite the loss, Minnesota United qualified for the knockout round. Um, uh, this is based on that they, you know, their goal differential already. Um, and the fact that Puebla and Chicago um, played tonight, we'll talk about that game very quickly in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, they are not, they're guaranteed to go to the knockout round again, presumably they'll play on Thursday, um, uh, August 4th. So this coming Thursday, uh, and it'll be either against Club America or the Columbus crew, um, which we'll talk about that game, um, in the second half of the podcast, because we know who they're playing. So a little teaser alert for you. Uh, all right. Um, you guys have any Freddy ados other than Bongi? I mean, I think Bongi's the the clear choice yep. here uh, for good Freddy do. I say my my shitty Freddy do would be Will Trap. Um, again, he I mean he was he, he was the person who was called for the foul against Shakir. You got to know a guy like that is going to go down. I mean, as much as I love the power cube, um, he knows you know he's a prof- he's a very good professional soccer player. He knows where he is in the box, and he knows how to draw contact and. Allowing Minnesota, allowing Chicago to get back in that game when when I think Minnesota had pretty well dominated most of the game, um, yep. it was just a, a non captainy kind of move. But um, you know, anybody else? Any of any other thoughts on on uh, either Freddie or Deuce? Uh, my, mine would have been Will Trap as well. Uh, the my other like second shitty Freddie Adu would have gone to uh, Miguel Tapias, um, not because he had a really horrible game. It just needed to be better on the defensive side of the ball. Jess, any any anything else? Anybody else you want to point out? Nope. Cool. And do you have a? I'm assuming you don't have a post match hot or not review, since there there are no notes in our document here. So. No. No. Okay. Cool. Well, let's uh, very quickly we can talk about um, the results of the uh, other matches. So Puebla played Chicago today this evening, actually just before we recorded, um, and. Basically, Minnesota United needed a Puebla victory um, in regulation time in order to guarantee that they would be the number one seed, you know, in their group um, and host. Uh, the game ended one to one. Actually, Puebla went up first, um, but then there was a uh, in like the seventy, like the seventieth minute. Uh, but like five minutes later, there was a, a red card um, on the a Puebla player who. Uh, uh, clip Shakiri's heel was it was a, he basically stomped on his heel so basically a straight oh. red card uh and Shakiri takes uh steps up from the top of the box I mean maybe about five yards from the top right corner of the box uh he buries it I, actually goes off the he deflects it off the wall wrong foots the goalkeeper um makes it one to one and that result I don't know if they I don't know what the result of the penalty kicks has been but that was enough of a result for Chicago to win the group um they guaranteed at least four points so they're top of the group um, and then in the other game that we were paying attention to, or at least I was paying attention to tonight, was Club America and Columbus. Um, basically, the results were if Minnesota finished first, they would host no matter what. They finished second and Club America finished first. Um, Club America, one of the stronger teams on the continent, um, one of the best, you know, most well-renowned Liga Mekis teams, traditional uh, superpower in Liga Mekis. Um, if they... Uh, finished first in the group and Minnesota United finished second, then Minnesota United would host because no Liga Mekis teams are hosting in this tournament. However, 
our uh, our good friend Christian Ramirez uh, guaranteed that we would be going to Columbus uh, on Thursday with a uh, uh, Columbus beat America four to one in Columbus um, with Ramirez Woo! getting the, the third goal of the match, which again once a loon also means that Christian Ramirez will not be coming to Allianz Field again. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. unless he gets uh unless we host them in the playoffs in the in the final or uh or they get scheduled here next year um he's decided he's not coming until back in black and blue (laughs) yeah so tell it is time yeah so we will actually be going to columbus uh again this is not confirmed but presumably uh thursday the 4th of august so this coming thursday so all right We'll talk about we'll talk maybe a little bit about Columbus uh, uh, in the second half of the podcast, but we have uh, Minnesota United FC two news. Um, they hosted the San Jose Earthquakes two on Saturday, and it did not go well for Minnesota United. Um, this game, I mean, San Jose scored the first I think fifteen minutes for their goal. Um, they and this game ended one to nothing to San Jose. And I didn't see these, but uh, Mikhail Marquez got two yellow cards in uh, thirty minutes. Um, that is, uh, that's not great. This is a kid who is a young guy. They signed from Sweden, from the second division of Sweden, I believe, um, and has not made any, any good marks, um, in terms of, as far as I'm concerned, whether with the the main team, um, the Minnesota United or with the, the, the twos, um, and probably needs to go home to Sweden post haste. Or he's coming off injury, has not had a lot of playing time. And he's just frustrated that he can't do what he wants to do because he's not 100%. And, you know, when you're frustrated and you're slower and whatever, you can't do what you need, you, you commit fouls. You commit stupid fouls. Um, you know, maybe we need to give him more uh, more time. Maybe not. Yeah, uh, I'd uh, like to look up if he's taking up an international roster spot on the senior team or not. Probably. Um, <laughs> I mean, my guess is he is. Yeah. <laughs> so More maybe, than likely. Maybe, with that in mind, maybe I do side with you, David. That, that we should yeah. find a way. I to- mean, the, the idea made sense when we signed him, and I think we, I think we praised the move when we signed him. It's like, well, yes, get a young defender, um, you know, a young fullback who can you can spend some time with the twos, make some spot starts with with the first team, you know, get some cup action. But you're right, MJ. He has been injured basically almost the entire year. I think he got picked up an injury in the um, in the preseason. He's never fully recovered, um, but man, it is frustrating that if, they, especially if they are wasting an international roster spot on on this guy, and maybe he will turn into something. But he, I know he's young. Um, he's yeah, twenty one years old. Yeah, he's twenty one so. years old. Uh, I I don't know. You know our track record for developing young defenders. Um, I don't really count Dotson. You want to throw Gasper in there, maybe? Like, it's not like. Uh, without let's say the mentoring of a Ico Para, like we have this great record for developing uh, defenders. Um, right. M- Michael Boxall has become much better since he first joined the the league way back in 2017. Um, he has turned into a, a bit of a rock star or underrated center back, but um, yeah, I mean, he's not Ico Para. Tapias could be great. Um, we need depth at that position. I don't mind having a youth there, but I guess looking big picture wise, we probably could get a local, uh, you know, a USA or Canadian born young defender uh, at center back just as easily or easier, but whatever. Either way, the uh, Minnesota United FC two currently sits in seventh place in the uh, uh, next pro Western conference. Next match, and that's that. That's right above the playoff line, MJ. Right, right, right above, right, right, above. right there. Um, they could have been fifth if they beat San Jose, but no, we're in seventh. You know, you know, one loss away from just crapping out of the playoffs. Uh, yep. So their next match is this coming Saturday against um, North Texas SC, who I'm I've, I've, without looking at the next pro standings, I'm guessing they're top of the table or second place. They're always a very very good team. <clears throat> they're coming up to Minnesota to play 
the loons at the uh at the Nessie on Saturday at 7 p.m. So if that's that's because be- FC Frisco cares about their academy. <laughs> uh there should be a loons game. So definitely if you get if you have the opportunity to get up to Blade to check them out. Um th- these games are a lot of fun from what I've heard. Uh, I've several people who've gone to several of them. A lot of times you'll see uh, other Minnesota United players out there. I know Reynoso has been out there a bunch of times um, and other Minnesota United players and, and sometimes even coaching staff. So if you ever want to get out and, and talk to some Loons players and, and coaches, um, the Nessie is a good, ch- good place to do it. So, all right. Come out, grab some selfies. It's fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Selfies uh, all right. Go ahead, Jess. Selfies are the best fun. Cool. All right. Uh, well, let's take a quick break uh, and we'll come back with some uh, lower league soccer news. Um, maybe talk a little bit about Columbus and uh, talk a little about the Women's World Cup as well. We will be right back. You want me to be that type of dude and I want to be who you like me to, but we All right, and we are back. Um, no Minneapolis City specific news, but we did want to talk very quickly about the Minnesota Super Cup. Uh, or I guess there's Minneapolis City news in the Minnesota Super Cup. Um, they played on, was it Wednesday or Tuesday? Wednesday. Tuesday. Wednesday of last week. Tuesday. Okay. Uh, both games were on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. Tuesday. Um, Minneapolis yeah, City went down, went down to Rochester to play Med City um, and lost three to two. Uh, they went up twice. They went up yeah. one nothing, and they went up two one. They early pulled a, they, both, early in both halves. They started off right. You know, pulled a minute game and lock halftime. Paul Craig gave them the business, and they come out of the half and they score early in both halves. So you're saying is they pulled a Minnesota United? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a funny joke. Um. Anyways, they lose three Wait, to two. Where, where where else has Carl Craig coached again? <laughs> if you have to explain the joke it's not as funny mj so oh. just I, I trust our listeners to be to be uh understanding of that so uh the other semifinal was minnesota united uh the u19 team the mls next team uh playing vlora fc they played over at mccall at uh as a 1-1 draw that um the u19 team won four to two on pens uh sorry to our friends out at, in vlora um it would have been a hell of a uh opportunity for them to play med city on saturday but the final was saturday um and med city came to mackalester and took care of business for nothing victory just a a, a pretty resounding beatdown as far as i read from the the recaps i was not unfortunately unable to be there um but it sounds like it was a really fun event um there apparently there was food trucks and, and lots of things i mean the super cup um has been a pretty successful all things considered um you know, I, I I haven't seen too much consternation. I think the, the scheduling of it was a little weird with, you know, playing one game very early in the season and another game very late in terms of Minneapolis City. Um, but again, there's only so much you can do with the scheduling stuff based on, you know, the, the, the teams and the leagues. Minnesota United U19 team basically had ended their season like uh, f- several weeks ago. So they had to keep practicing and all that. Um, there was some movement around with the, the the semifinals because of Med City being in the playoffs. So I know there was a, a little weirdness there. But if this can be established as a, as a, a regular tournament for these lower division teams, um, a la, you know, a mini U.S. Open Cup, um, a mini Leagues Cup, I think that's really cool. Um, a really cool thing for lower league soccer in Minnesota. I love the concept. I like that they now have a qualification uh, procedure. So it's that uh that qualification process helps settle the the one team that was kind of grumbling about not being invited this year so screw that team uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh cool so oh yeah hopefully it, it just keeps building on from here um hopefully it can get even a little bigger i mean groups of three is not ideal um but i know that there are some limitations in terms of you know ability to play you know where to play matches and things like that um, you want to have, you know, good facilities. You don't want to be playing at, at soccer fields in the middle of Lakeville. Um, so, you know, there's some limitations there, but hopefully it just continues to grow. So I'd like to, like to see that happen. 
And you know, shout out to McAllister for being able to host the, yeah. the game. But you know, they hosted a Minneapolis City game. They they hosted uh, the one semifinal and the final. So um, thank thanks to their field for being open. And uh, I don't think that's a horrible place to watch a game. Oh yeah, no, for sure, for sure not. So um, okay, let's move on to Minnesota Aurora. Well, their season's been done for a little while now. There is some news on on players and uh, coaches getting um, new jobs. Uh, first up, Kenzie Langdock uh, signed a professional contract uh, out in Serbia, right, MJ? She's going to FK Spartak Subotica, and uh, in Serbia, I believe her family heritage is Bosnian Serb. I could be wrong about that, but uh, yeah, so she's uh, headed back to the old country to, to play some pro pro ball. Um, for those that uh, don't know, she was a converted striker to fullback at, at the Minnesota Gophers and then uh, played mostly fullback for Minnesota Aurora. Um, she had a great uh, several years with the Gophers. You can't uh, complain about her results. She has goals and assists with, with Aurora, both from the fullback and wing position. I'm really excited to see uh, what she does in uh, pro European league. Uh, very cool. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, when I was reading more about this, um, Spartak, the women's team won the league last year, um, the Serbian league, or they were like, they were, they're a really good team. So it's not like the, it's a, it's a middling team in, in um, you know, in a European league, it's, I think she's going to a good team. So hopefully she gets a lot of playing time and um, gets an opportunity um, this one is not confirmed, but it sounds like Tiana Harris is also moving to Europe. I'm not sure exactly where, but there's been rumors going on that um, she's about to sign a contract as well, which would be very cool for her. She was, there's a reason she was the USL Defender of the Year. Um, she is absolutely a beast in the back line for Minnesota Aurora. Um, and she definitely, you know, she, she deserves a, a professional contract, whether that is, I think there was some speculation whether she would sign with an NWSL team or if she was going to go to um, a European team, but from my understanding, it's a, it's a, you know, a top five European league that she is going to. So, um, which would be very, very cool. And just, an, um, another example of the pipeline and opportunity that Minnesota Aurora presents to players. You don't need to go play in the NWSL, um, or the, you know, this upcoming USL super league. If you want to get a professional contract, you can play for a team like Aurora and still have those opportunities. And that's, a testament to um, not only the front office and everything, the opportunities they present, but also the coaching staff, which is a great segue to Jenny Clark, uh, MJ, who is, uh, um, got a, has a new position as well. Yeah, Jenny Clark was a assistant coach at Utah State uh, before coming to uh, coach at Minnesota Aurora. For those that don't know Aurora that well, in, as far as coaching staff, she played center back in Germany um, she played center back for the Minnesota Gophers, and then she she played for uh, Sky Blue, the New York Flash, and then played for three different professional German teams, um, Freiburg and Frankfurt being two of them. So that's two really good German squads. She has a great playing resume. She understands defense really, really well. And so I'm very, very uh, happy for her. She's going to be going to be assistant coach at Northwestern University. Uh, uh, up and coming, strong program in the Big Ten. I'm sad that it's not the Minnesota Gophers because I'm biased towards that Big Ten team. But good luck to Jenny Park and her new adventure uh, this fall with Northwestern. Uh, yeah, so I'm assuming she's still sticking around Minnesota Aurora as an assistant coach, right? Just this is this will be her. Yeah, uh, for those that don't know, uh, the lower league women's summer clubs they get done usually around mid-july and that's ample time for you know before headed to preseason for ncaa in mid-august so it's a quick turnaround but uh in theory one can hold both positions i just looked up um spartak subotica the women and they are in the UFA, uefa women's champions league right now um i think in the qualifying rounds so 
Wow, so, that's huge. That's huge. Going, I mean, whether or not she's she's able to be on that roster, she's going to a a team that's in the UEFA Women's Champions League, which is really fucking huge. Yeah, yeah. Very I don't cool know. Like her. we we talk with about Minnesota United and, and pro contracts and needing visas and and other paperwork. Uh, you know, I don't know what you know as far as uh, medical clearance or physicals and and visa and uh, whatever tax or or working permit that she needs. But yeah, it would be really cool to see her in a UEFA Champions League game. Very cool. Very cool. Cool. All right. Well, let's quickly talk about Columbus. Um, this match upcoming on Thursday that, again, assuming, we're assuming Thursday. Um, we do not know for sure. Nothing has been confirmed. Um, and obviously, we have to start with our, our old friend, Christian Ramirez. Um, actually, I want to I want to first start with um, <clears throat> uh, uh, Zella Ryan, um, who is sure. yep. uh, who has been rumored. Uh, and as of this this afternoon, sounds like he is going to Saudi Arabia. I can't remember the team that he's going to. Um, so he was not in the lineup against uh, Club America this evening, which, you know, leads me to believe that they are, that the deal is pretty much almost done. If they're maybe they're waiting on some finalized, you know, physicals or, or the, the transfer fee and things like that. Um, that is a big relief. Lucas Zelleran won the uh, MOS cup uh, MVP. Was it last year or the year before? Um, he's a really, really good player. Scored a lot of goals for uh, Columbus crew. Um, however, that opens up an opportunity for Christian Ramirez to get more playing time. He's been he's been an off and on starter for Columbus. He's he's coming in starting when um, some of their players are out on international duty. He definitely played in their like, open cup and stuff. Um, but Zell Ryan leaving um, opens up an opportunity for uh, Christian Ramirez to get more playing time for uh, Columbus Crew. Uh, just updated uh, about six minutes ago, the Columbus Dispatch that says it's a done deal. Okay, um, so reach a transfer meeting with Al Fatah. Um, of the Saudi Pro League. Um, and uh, yeah, the transfer fee paid and salary are not disclosed. <laughs> of course. Because of course they're not. I mean, you think that, uh, I mean, it's going to be for a not insignificant amount of money. And I'm sure that will get leaked out once um, once that everything is confirmed and, and all that nailed down. But um, I mean, Zellerad was, is, is, you know, he's a little older. He's what, 31? Um, but he's still a damn good player and he's going to a league where, you know, MLS is a better league than um, Saudi Arabia in spite of them poaching a bunch of players right now in terms of overall, you know, overall talent. Maybe they have, you know, some, they have some higher end guys too, but um, compared to MLS, the Saudi Arabia league is, you know, nowhere near what MLS is right now. So. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I forgot that he was a Tigres guy. He comes from Liga MX uh, from Tigres. So. Yeah, uh, that's uh, yeah. Uh, he's he's he is 31, but uh, 42 goals and 37 assists um, for the crew in all competitions. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, a couple other uh, players. Um, Chicho Hernandez is uh, he scored two goals uh, tonight against Club America. He's also a, a fellow striker with Christian Ramirez. We'll be remiss to mention, to not mention, uh, Willifred Nancy, the uh, coach of Columbus Crew, who previously coached up in Montreal um, and left that tire fire of an organization to come down to Columbus. Um, and he's been um, a breath of fresh air for the Columbus Crew. They, are, they score goals. Um, they score a lot of goals. They also give up a lot of goals, the crew do. So this is a, a great opportunity, I think, for you know an attacking team like Minnesota with Bongi, um, you know, Bongi, Puki, Reynoso, uh, Songbin Zhang, if he's healthy, Franco, if he's healthy to, to, you know, get in and score a bunch of goals. Um, Boxo will be back for this match. Uh, obviously he was suspended, um, <clears throat> for the Chicago fire match because of the red card he got against Puebla. So, you know, this is a very good opportunity for Minnesota to, again, advance in a knockout round, knockout stage. Minnesota has generally played pretty well in these sort of cup competitions, um, whether knockout, whether it's the MLS's back tournament, uh, the Open Cup run a few years ago. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Is there anybody else, MJ or Jess, that you want to highlight from Columbus uh, or how you want to you know, think about Minnesota playing them? Again, this will be in Columbus versus the crew. So 
We don't have the home field advantage as we normally do. But honestly, this year, that's kind of been um, not really an advantage for Minnesota. So maybe going on the road get, puts a little fire under their ass. Maybe. Yeah, and I think their away record is still better this year. I could be wrong about that. But, like, for a reason, we're playing better on the road this year. Um, let's Let's – steal three points oh wait it's not points let's steal a win in advance uh in columbus jess any thoughts i'm scared for us going to columbus actually i don't feel real good about it but um also the record so far this season is when i don't feel real good about it then they pull it out so you know who the fuck knows For sure, for sure. And so I, I should also remember, remind you guys um, the uh, how this tournament works is there's no extra time. So this is straight to penalties after um, after 90 minutes if the game is tied. <clears throat> so, um, and be, yeah, the, with the knockout rounds, it's, yeah, there's no extra time at all. So I don't believe it at any point in the tournament, not even the finals. So, so yeah, so what do we think happens in this game? Um, MJ, I will I will go to you first. I've not watched Columbus a lot this year. Um, obviously, if Lucas Zaran is out the door, that's a, a scoring threat gone. But they are sixth in the East right now, in the Eastern Conference, where Minnesota United is 10th in the West. And I'm not going to say that the East has better teams, but right now I wouldn't say the West has better teams <laughs> they're either about the same or the east is way better like like fc cincinnati has 51 points there in first place st louis city sc has uh 41 points hey look what you can do with an expansion squad guys um if you hire good coaching anyway so uh yeah i i'm also with jess uh on the concerned front i say columbus crew win at home uh Three to two. Cool. Jeff, what do you got? Um, I think I think we fall all over ourselves, unfortunately, and Columbus win in regular time. Two one. Huh. You guys are gonna make me be the goddamn op- optimist on this podcast? Yes. Yeah. The optimist. They they just beat Club America. Uh, do you do you think we are better or worse than Club America, David? They, they just beat Club America at home. You know what? Fuck Club America. I don't care. Yeah. Two uh, one Minnesota. Bongi gets another brace. Bongi takes the takes the golden boot lead, and it's a two one victory for Minnesota in regular time. I think if this goes to penalties, we are fucked. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Minnesota in in regular time. So okay, let's Come go. On. Let's go. Um, well, I'll be watching this game with the black card on, on Thursday at some point. So, uh, all right, well, let's wrap up the podcast. I have some, just some bullet points from the women's world cup. If you are not listening, um, if you, you, may, you may have noticed in your feeds already, we dropped a second, um, episode of the Minnesota football Dave's Issa watch from, um, Rodrigo's daughter joined us to talk women's soccer and, and the women's world cup we, we literally just did the women the entire Ooh. women's world cup it was an, almost it was an hour and 48 minutes uh i joked when we were recording that it was going to be an hour like it was going to clock in at an hour 47 and said that's an old it's like an old days i know podcast and then literally when i saw the uh when i saw the file from eric uh or from uh yeah from eric who did the editing at it it was 148 like 148 49 or something like that so like I really help you help you hope you kept my joke in about it being an hour and 47 minutes. Um <laughs> if you're doing this for as long as I have, you kind of a, a feel for how long the podcast is going to be at like as you're recording it. So um so let's drop it. I'll I'll read through some um women's world cup sort of things. Uh we can spend some time talking about it if we want. Let's start with the US women's national team. Uh they are they will have played their final game by the time you hear this. Uh maybe not if I get it record edited and out before uh, the, the game tonight at two o'clock in the morning. Um, but the U.S. women drew with the Netherlands on Wednesday, one-to-one. Um, MJ, you watched this game. What were your uh, what were your thoughts on the draw with the Netherlands? Uh, we were lucky to escape with, with a draw. And there's going to be a lot of... Pro- hard to disagree with that. 
there's gonna be <gasps> a, lot of, a lot of pro us uh a lot of pro pro us fans that are going to disagree with that because we had such a better second half i'm but, not a, i'm not I'm not a pro US fan. I think a one-one draw was the, the, the right result. I don't think yeah, no, I think the uh, Netherlands I think the Netherlands were lucky wait, to uh, get to not lose that game two or three to one. So you you're you are yeah, so we both agree that's the right result. The the right result is what happened. Both teams deserve points. Both teams played well in certain regards. The the attack from the Netherlands in that first half doing Dutch things. They're doing total football things and they're passing and moving and passing and moving. And at one point they only had like a three on five or something like that. And they looked like they were about to score a goal, like just because they were passing and moving better. And, uh, and, and the goal came off where I think it's, uh, was the center back, uh, Sullivan, the other center back besides Ertz, was that Sullivan? Uh, um, <clears throat> Germa. Germa. Okay, so Sullivan was Sullivan, the was, Sullivan was in the midfield. Was the six? She was yeah. the defensive midfielder. Apparently, we don't have another center back to play, so Ertz can play the six. No, but the problem the problem is we have two center backs and they're sitting on the bench. They're not playing. Yeah. So I Ertz I don't like at a center back position. I don't like Ertz as a natural six being forced to play center back for whatever reason, but yeah, Sullivan steps up way too late and Kendra. No, it wasn't Kendra. I think it was Allie Wagner on the call. It was like, yeah, just point out like Wagner. if you're, if you are stepping up late and you realize you're late at some point, as you're realizing you're late, you have to start falling back and, and go into containment mode, help your goalkeeper mode. Anyway, a series of several good passes leads to Rude uh, uh, making a, a great goal for the Netherlands. They had chances to score about four or five more of, you know, various degrees of probability. Um, I do think the 1-1 draw was fair. It, it The second half, the attacking belonged way more to the United States. And I would agree with it was also possible that the U.S. would win four to one with the chances they had in the second half. In the end, it's a one-one draw. Um, I I love seeing Captain Lindsay Horan get fired up. Uh, she and uh, Olympic Lyonnais teammate uh, Danielle Van de Donk on Netherlands uh, had some some shoulder checking and some some body contact, and it, and it was not the "I love you" kind. Um, uh, those two went at it uh, right before the free kick. They were jostling, and uh, they get into a war of words. The ref has to separate them, and then you know Haran just nails a banger. That's that's what I gotta say. Mm, yeah. So I mean, yes, to your point, New Zealand or sorry, not New Zealand. The Netherlands definitely had a game plan for Minnesota for the U.S. Women's National Team in that first half. Uh, they they they. Drew uh, Emily Fox and Crystal Dunn into space, um, and then overloaded the space that that Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox had had just left. Specifically, Crystal Dunn, for that matter. Um, and yeah, I mean, Minnesota, the U.S. Sorry, I keep saying Minnesota. Uh, the U.S. played well, um, and then I think that first goal, Netherlands goal was against the run of play. And then from that point on, through the end of the first half, you're right. Netherlands controlled the game. They were they were getting into tackles and things like that. But once the second half came on, uh, Rose Lavelle came on as the only substitution for the United States. Um, FYI, uh, I have some thoughts about that. Yeah, uh, you and me both. Rose, Rose Lavelle completely changed the game. Um, the U.S. just dominated the second half. Um, again, and to your point, like the Netherlands, def- I don't think they should have had, they, they could have had four or five. They definitely could have had another goal or two, possibly in that first half. Yeah. Um, I- that four or five. And then, but the U.S., again, Lindsay Horan, yeah, the, the the dust up with Vandedonk. It's it's just it was funny seeing like the, the referee bring the players together to basically like, have them talk it out, and then just Lindsay Horan just like spitting, spitting game at at Vandedonk, uh, and then yeah, your absolute fury and, and fire basically wills her to score that goal with her head. It was an absolutely um, amazing header, 
And then from that point on, you know, the U, that was basically about the 75 the 75th minute or so. The U.S. just absolutely dominated the game from that point on. And this is where I had frustration with uh, Vlatko, the U.S. coach, not bringing any other substitutes on. Lynn Williams you... was on the bench. Alyssa Thompson was on the bench. Um, yeah. Ashley San- Sanchez was on the bench. And his and to, to his uh, uh, he so after the game he was asked about that. Like, did you think about bringing on Lynn Williams? Alyssa Thompson, any other attacking player. And he basically said, I thought about it, but I figured they would need a minute or two to get into the game. And he didn't want to disrupt the flow of, of the, of the team. And I, the most I, key statement ever, the most key statement ever by Vlad. Yes. He, 2. My 0, he, uh, and you understand him if, if he's, if he's saying that in like the 84th minute, right. They, if they, if us had just scored in the 84th minute and you're like, listen, we're, 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 we're pressing, we're knocking at the door again. And let's just keep the players going and, and maybe we get something. You don't want to spend two minutes, you know, getting a player sort of into the game, but it was at least 15 minutes left before that does not include stoppage time too. Um, you had at least 15 minutes plus stoppage time for a player to get bedded in and, and someone, and, and so the U S had like several great chances after that goal to, to get the winner, um, including one with Trini Rodman. She just pushed it past uh, the post and do you think if Lynn Williams had been on that ball, I mean, Trini Robin had been playing, has played the entire, basically the entire tournament. Um, so she's got, you know, her legs, you know, I know she's young, but still that's a lot of intense minutes um, in a, in a high pressure situation. Would, would Lynn Williams or Melissa Thompson not finish that Trini Robin uh, ball? Maybe not, but I would like the opportunity for them to try. That's for goddamn sure. So she would have been, she would have been crashing the net. But yeah, it's, so it's, it is atrocious that you do not give Lynn Williams um, or Alyssa Thompson a crack at at uh, going up against a, a, a Netherlands team like that. Or, or fuck, bringing in Megan Rapinoe so that you know any set piece you have, you have uh, somebody who can who can who can put a a, a ball and, in a pin, you know. And on the defensive side, you could bring in Sofia Huerta on the midfield side, Ashley Sanchez, as you pointed out earlier, just some fresh legs to keep the pace up and really put the fire to the Dutch team. Right on. Okay. What I think ultimately we, we are agreements with the, that the result was fair one, one draw. I, you know, I think the U S probably should have won that game. Um, that was the first time that the U S has been down in the group stage of a tournament since 2011 or no first time yeah since 2011 i think the first yep. uh goal they've conceded in a tournament uh right hold on, i'm trying to remember what exactly it was oh yeah no first time they've been down since 2015 first time they've conceded a goal in the group stage since 2011 that's uh that's how dominant the u.s women's national team has been over the course of the last decade plus so we'll leave it there they are playing probably you know at, you know, after you've listened as you listen to this podcast you'll know the result you know if they won the group and are on the slightly easier side of the group or if they lost and are playing Sweden more than likely in the slightly tougher side of the group. So, uh, okay. A few more bullet points to talk through. We can do these really quickly. If you have Jess or MJ, if you have anything you want to add, um, let me know. Uh, Jamaica gets their first ever world cup win. Uh, so they can, and they're sec- currently Woo-hoo! sitting in second place behind France in their group. Uh, they, drew, they drew France. They beat Panama. They're sitting on four points. Um, Brazil's on three points. They, uh, beat Panama, but then lost uh, pretty shockingly to France uh, this past weekend. Uh, oh. Jamaica control Jamaica controls their destiny in 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 their World Cup. Uh, they can get to the first to the knockout for the first time ever. All they need is a draw against Brazil. It doesn't matter what happens in the France Panama game. They just need a draw, um, which is really cool. Um, if you don't know about the Jamaican um, women's national team story, I highly encourage you to look it up. Uh, Bob Marley's daughter basically. Um, resurrected the program. She's basically been uh, bankrolling it for the last uh, wow. over, um, a decade, I believe. Um, the Jamaican Federation um, basically doesn't has done get, has given the Jamaican women's national team no support. Um, Bob Marley's daughter stepped up. I and I'm blanking on what her her name is. I apologize, uh, but she stepped up and has basically been bankrolling the the, the team ever since. And it's it's a pretty amazing story. Um, and, and, you know, with obviously people like the Marlies are, are people, you know, and everything like that. Um, speaking of another amazing story, uh, Linda Caicedo, um, yeah. 18 year old from Colombia. She scored, I think, possibly the goal of the tournament. We'll talk about another goal that is, is in the competition for that. 
uh, with Colombia beating Germany uh, at the death in like the 97th minute uh, of, of six minutes of stoppage time. Um, she didn't score that goal, but she scored an absolute banger of a goal early, um, basically going uh, one on two, um, breaking the ankles of both of her defenders and, and beating the German goalkeeper. This is the first time Germany's lost in the group stage since I believe 2011. So a long time since uh, Germany has actually lost a match um, at the group stage of the Women's World Cup. Uh, and Germany is, they're technically in second place right now, but Colombia is sitting in first place in their group with six points. Uh, I don't know if you guys watched Japan uh, this morning, um, or Monday morning, I guess, technically, if you're watching. Uh, they beat, they kicked the shit out of Spain. They've looked really, really fucking good. They are a team to beat in this tournament, for sure. Spain playing tiki-taka, possessing the ball. I want to say they had like 80% possession or something like that. And Japan just sits back and waits for their counter. And when the counter comes, they know what to do. And they like they're fucking they have, ruthless. <laughs> they, they they have very good players that play in Europe and play in Japan, and that that they have a system. Uh and they have this flow on their counterattack that's beautiful to watch. So if you get a sh- like this is a very like two very different styles. But funny enough, when Japan plays other teams, they would probably possess the ball more. But yeah. against Spain, they can't do that. They have to, you know, let Spain have most of the possession and wait for the chances. But when they had their chances, did they make them count? Yeah. Um, I think Mina Tanaka from Japan is one of my favorite players to watch play. Um, she's just absolutely fluid. Um, she's a striker for Japan. Um she had two assists in her last game. She scored a goal and had an assist in this game. Just one of the most uh, selfless strikers, but also just uh, absolutely ruthless with the ball, either you know near the goal or or in space. So if you if you are uh, a forward attacking minded kind of player, that's what you aspire to be. I'd watch Japan and watch uh, Mina Tanaka for sure. Uh, all right, South Korea. Very disappointing. MJ, I'm going to lay out for you here. Um, I don't have anything else I want to say about South Korea other than I'm very disappointed. I was really hoping South Korea would show up in this tournament, and they did not. So flashback to the 2019 Women's World Cup, where South Korea, one, lost the bid to host the tournament um, in 2019 to France. And then they get put in the group with France. They get drawn into France's group. Their 2019 group was France- Norway, Nigeria, and 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 then South Korea. And this is a time when with only 24 teams, you only need to be top three. If you're if you're a really good third place team, you still go in onto the knockout with, with 24 teams in the World Cup. Um they took last. They they didn't win a game. They lost four-nothing to France, they lost two-nothing to Nigeria, and they lost two one to Norway. So they get bottom of the group. There's no chance they go through even um, in attempting to try to get that third place spot. Uh, Very disappointing four years ago. Flash forward to this year, 2023. They also get put in a really tough group with, uh, oh my God, I'm blanking. Uh, They got put in a group with um, Morocco and And Germany and Colombia. And 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 Colombia, yeah. Like, and so I'm thinking they don't make it through, but maybe get they get the win against Morocco, and instead Morocco gets a historic win. Uh, their historic first goal scored in the women's first cup. Their first yellow card. Their first player wearing a hijab. Uh, the uh, first, first woman first, ever to first, wear a hijab in the women's world cup. Yeah. So, um. Morocco making lots of history, their first goal, a lot of firsts, and their first win in a Women's World Cup comes against South Korea. South Korea did not look good. Um, they are coached by Englishman uh, Colin Bell, who played a lot in the in the German leagues and coached some women's teams in the German leagues and was trying to get them to play more German and less Korean slash Dutch, as the Korean national teams typically play more of a Dutch style. So he was trying to get them to play more German-like. Some of it looked really English-like, like like the crosses. Um, It looked very Adrian Heath. We're going to, we're going to cross from our fullbacks, even though 
their defenders are way taller than our strikers in the box because Koreans, although they are tall for Asians, they are not tall when you're going against European sides. So it's, uh, I don't like the tactics from the coach. That saying, being said, I hope they keep him on for one more year through the Olympics to see if he can instill this style and get them to play the ball quicker. Korea did look way better in the second half against Morocco, but yeah, uh, just uh, rather unfortunate uh, tournament for them. If they want to be competing, there's no reason why they shouldn't be competing at the same level as Japan other than money and history. So those two things. Those pesky, pesky things, money and history. Uh, yeah, I think that is like kind of the overarching theme of the World Cup of the Women's World Cup so far is that it's it's a tournament of firsts, right? I mean, that's also to be expected when you it's the first uh, expanded World Cup, so thirty two teams. Um, uh, so let's knock off a couple. Zambia, Zambia gets their first ever World Cup win um, this morning yep. against Costa Rica. Yep. The, the Philippines got their first ever World Cup win um, against New Zealand, and that's the reason why New Zealand's not going through. And New, New Zealand, Zealand is, the first, is the first ever team that was hosting a tournament or you know nation that was hosting a tournament that did not get through to the knockout round. Yeah, in the Women's New, World New, Cup. So New Zealand upsets Norway in the, in the in the World Cup opener, and then they earn a draw against Switzerland. But that pesky one nil loss to the Philippines, as the Philippines gets 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 a win, like yeah. A, a lot of first, I feel I feel bad for the Black Ferns. I, I really would like to see them go through. Um, I, I watched the Switzerland New Zealand game, and the, the, I tell you what, the last twenty minutes of that game is very exciting because it's like Switzerland realizes, oh, we see a draw, and New Zealand's like, oh shit, we need to score a goal. And it's just nothing but uh, Black Fern uh, onslaught uh, of the news of the Switzerland goal, and it was a, a pretty fun, you know, twenty minutes of, of zero zero soccer, but. That is what fun zero zero soccer looks like, MJ. Not the shit that Minnesota did. He uh, <laughs> had a lot of good chances that first half that he didn't connect on. Um, that was exciting to see. Just every time he touched the ball. Other, but, other, uh, other first. Uh, Ireland scores their first ever World Cup goal in a, in a women's World Cup, and it's a goddamn Olympico against Canada. Um, I don't know if you saw this goal, uh, MJ, or no, no. Jeff, but uh, are Canada out? Did I? Yeah, so that's also another first, the first ever gold medalist to not make the knockout round of the tournament. That game happened this morning, um, Monday morning, if you're as you're listening to this podcast. Uh, Australia beats Canada. Now he just beats Canada. Australia needed to beat Canada because Australia was sitting in third place behind Nigeria and Canada in their group. Um, there's an there's a possibility that both Australia and New Zealand, uh, host of the tournament, would be eliminated. Um, but Australia comes out without Sam Kerr, mind you, and just kicks the shit out of Canada which knocks Christine St. Clair out of the tournament. So she's not going to get her, uh, you know, her whatever, sixth consecutive yeah. knockout round. Um, and then this, they're the first ever gold medalist to not make the knockout round. Um, Ireland scored that. I said they scored that. Katie McCabe, um, a, uh, just with an absolute Olympic goal of a goal. Like, you know, just you should watch this goal. And you saw what, you know, saw Reynoso's Olympic goal a couple of weeks ago. This is a, a true... Uh, honest to God, Olympico, because the goalie does not get a touch on the ball. The goalie, to uh, uh, Sheridan's credit, she kind of she kind of fucked up and she took a step when she shouldn't have. Um, but she didn't get she didn't get a touch on the ball at all, and uh, it was just an absolutely amazing goal. This that is the goal that, that I was mentioning earlier that rivals uh, Caicedo's goal against Germany um, a couple of days ago. So, so yeah, that is kind of like the the headlines. It's been a it's been a crazy crazy couple of weeks with the tournament. Um, like so there's a, a bunch of teams that are going through to the knockout rounds that have never made the knockout rounds before. Uh, so I think this will be a really, really fun tournament uh, keep, to keep going. Um, hopefully the U.S. wins tonight, beats Portugal. Uh, all they need is a draw to not get made to the knockout round. Um, but basically how it's set up, if they win, they'll, um, uh, if they win, they'll host uh, the second place team in Group G, which will be either uh, South Africa, Italy, or Argentina. All three of those teams are still alive. And then um, Sweden will probably win Group G. Uh, if they lose, that's who they would play. If they, or if they finish in second place, they'll, they would play Sweden. There's also a possibility if the U.S. loses, that they also don't make the knockout round, which would be the first time ever for the U.S. women's so there, team. There's a chance that Netherlands runs up the scoreboard on Vietnam and we do not win 
beat Portugal by that much. I isn't there a chance we still finish second in the group? Oh yeah, no, what I'm saying like all we need is a draw to guarantee us through. That would only oh, guess, guarantee yeah. us second place. If we yeah. lose, and yeah. um, if we lose and we lose by a lot to Portugal, yeah. there's a possibility that we don't we do not make it out of the uh, um, no out if, of the knockout if, round. So if, if we if if we if lose, we, we're we're out. Uh, assuming. Assuming, Assuming the Netherlands, Netherlands beats, beats Vietnam. Vietnam or draws Vietnam, yeah. draws or beats yeah. Vietnam. Por- yeah, Por- Portugal would Por- Por- Portugal would leapfrog us with the yeah. win. We don't need to talk about that because this will already have happened by the time people listen to this podcast. So, oh, sorry, let's not get, let's not sorry, everyone. No, listeners, we if if we win, we're on uh, the side of the group with Switzerland and Spain. Um, if we lose and we are in second place, or, or we fin- or sorry, if we draw or finish second, depending on goal differential, and we're on the other side of the bracket, we're on the side of the bracket with Japan and Norway. Um, Norway, who just uh, ended their group with a five nothing victory, and Japan, who looks really fucking good, um, who we would potentially meet uh, in the uh, quarterfinals, assuming we get past Sweden in the first round. Sweden has been a kryptonite team for this U.S. Women's National Team over the course of the last what two decades yeah <laughs> we, do, we do not play sweden well so anyways uh, lots of lots of stuff happening in the women's world if you're not watching i know it's i know the games are not in uh, ideal times um but you can watch them on peacock uh, in spanish and you can watch the replays um at more reasonable times i would definitely highly encourage people to watch as much of the women's world cup as they possibly can so uh all right mj is there anything else jess anything else sorry jess we kind of like sidelined you for for this part here the women's part so that's Thanks fine. For, I'm used to for, it. I'm a woman. Thanks for being a woman and knowing your place. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Uh, we, we touched on this a little bit last week, David, but like concerns about them expanding from 24 teams to 32 teams and then there being more blowouts like the like the U.S. had last year or Germany had last year or whatever these like double digit or six six to one seven to nothing scores um not true this year and it looks like a lot of the women's federations you know boosted their funding sponsorship coaching you know video prep whatever it was to prepare for this women's world cup we're seeing close fun matches yeah i mean there's been a few some like six or five or six nothing games, but nothing like the U.S. and Thailand in the last Men's World Cup, which is which is great. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, well, please rate and review our podcast wherever you get your podcast. Uh, you can visit our Patreon if you want. The Dave's I Patreon.com slash the Dave's I know. You can always follow this podcast uh, on whatever Twitter is called now uh, at TDIKMN. I'm at. <laughs> I'm at Texas Zeller. Uh, I just started, and I, I've mentioned this before, I just started a, uh, a new, another podcast with a friend of the podcast, Eric Grady, uh, called the Minnesota Sports Variety Show, um, at MNSVS on Twitter. Or if you want to just like download the episodes, you don't even have to listen to them, just download them and then mark them as played so that we get the, you know, we get all the, uh, the podcast uh, monies um please do that it'd be it's 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 interesting it's a fun little podcast that we're doing it's it's about 45 minutes to an hour no it's no more than an hour every week it's just once a week and we're talking sports stuff but then also weird stuff we talked about um ufos the other day uh why running sucks um we talked about a bunch of other things it's it is Uh, best live shows you know you talk a little bit about some movies Best live shows, movies. I talked about Barbie and Oppenheimer a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun it's a fun thing that you know that we're doing, and we're trying to see how it goes. So check it out, um, Minnesota Sports Variety Show. Wherever you get this podcast, you can just search for it. I think it's on most of the podcast apps. Or uh, hit us up on Twitter if you have any questions. MNSBS on Twitter. Um, you can always find Jess at or sorry MJ at MJ Matsui and Jess <laughs> at Jessica one four four zero eight three. Niners. Two. We've been the Dave's you know. This is the Dave's I know. Finger guns, finger guns, finger guns. To try and work it out. Cause we both know we can't do nothing at Long as you do yours, land here become feet, con. Yeah.
uh, we, we do yeah. our thing, son. Who the act we attract to, hope to reach one. Uh, we, yeah. we, we do our thing, do it. We do our thing, son. Some will paint a piece, some will spray with a machine gun. It's mad work to be we, done. We, we, we do our thing, son. Y'all know we can't nothing at all. Nah, yo, I can't do nothing at all. Check it out, boss. GT. He don't do nothing at all. G-O. Uh-huh. My guy, King.